everybody and entrepreneurs are thinking like investors are you a unicorn right they keep saying are you a unicorn i have a theory behind unicorns people ask me unicorn and i tell them yaar first of all it's a mythical animal it doesn't exist and it's quite ugly right it's a horse with one horn so it doesn't exist a unicorn so they ask me yaar kuch to animal bolo aap kuch to animal ho gaye i say i'm a cockroach i'm not a unicorn because it doesn't like i have a cockroach we survive nuclear holocaust ho ya microwave oven ho you put us anywhere we'll survive we'll still be around here so we are cockroaches we work in the trenches we roll up our sleeves we come to work every day and we survive so the fact is i'm a cockroach you call me that we are not unicorns so, you know i i think this obsession with what is the valuation of the company needs to go So welcome to Outliers. It's a podcast with outliers, and uh, I'm really happy and excited. <laughs> This has been quite a chase <laughs> to uh, get uh, the guest of today's podcast, and uh, I'm really happy to have Ashish Hemrajani, uh, co-founder of Book My Show. And uh, I have uh, so why do I think he's an outlier? Okay, it's a good question to start with for myself. Uh, I think. Uh, from the first time we met uh, ashish i always found you to be this uh, restless i mean excessively restless and uh, you know uh, lots of passion and like you rightly pointed out uh, not so efficient on the time management side <laughs> but uh, i think you i met jeff bezos when i was in the economic times and i kept asking him questions about what do you think of flipkart what do you think of sachin bansal they had put up a holding outside his hotel room he kept ignoring that question and he kept giving me this answer about how he is obsessed about customers and i was like what a diplomatic answer yaar a year ago i was thinking about that interview and i realized what he actually meant and because when i was looking around the state of indian e-commerce i found a similar <laughs> zeal in you when it comes to being obsessed about uh, the customers you want to engage with or you want to target i remember you asked me the first time we met uh, you took me outside the office and asked people how many of them have heard of factor daily so i i really admire that 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 zeal in you and that is why i think you are an outlier because i i wish a lot of entrepreneurs including me would uh, would keep that focus intact so welcome to outlier sashish Thank you for having me and for starting the podcast with a comparison to Jeff Bezos. <laughs> What else can I ask for? Uh, but with humility, thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks. You know, he he is not really a likable person for me, <laughs> <laughs> but but really admirable for what he That's does right. and how he does it. Great. So just to kick this off, uh, Ashish. Uh, in in many ways you are not the kind of entrepreneur people like me have grown uh, in our career tracking uh, that the so called you know post dot com bust entrepreneurs and all that i think you started book my show in 1999 that's correct and you've seen dot com bust lehman crisis so you seem to have gone through a very different curve altogether yes uh, what has internet in india taught you What have you learned from internet since then to now? What what are some of the key lessons? Well, you can color it with a brush stroke of calling it the internet or what has the internet taught me, but I would say along the way a lot of things whether human enterprise, endeavor, people, respect, uh first principles of uh business or of uh just being a human and i've been self taught these are some of the lessons that i've learned over a period of time uh you know but if you were to specifically ask me what has the what has the internet taught me is that uh no good times and bad times are permanent uh number 1 number 2 focusing on and obsessing about your customer and putting the right metric in metrics in front of people internally and externally which is your customers your users your employees 
and your uh, shareholders is very important and once you do that you don't start going crazy and living in your own uh, distortion reality which is some sort of a bubble in your head which is a fake bubble and what I mean by that is you know if you've seen uh, the the series Silicon Valley or if you've seen or read the book Disrupted that's exactly what is happening in India or was happening at least and continues to happen for example um, uh, you have uh, you know uh, valuations that have far exceeded and run ahead of the metrics and then either the metrics have to catch up to those valuations or the valuations have to come down and then there are so many decisions that get taken and calls that get take, taken when you're running a business which have no uh, sort of they're not in touch with reality as to what that business means for their customers or what that business actually means in an environment which is India so for example everybody ran after this 1.2 billion customer base that 1.2 billion customer base doesn't exist number one you have to realize India is not one country it is an amalgamation of many countries put together which is run by one government I would say that India is somewhere between the US and Europe Europe is many countries stitched together with one sort of uh, free trade agreement and, and currency. And America is one country. But India is like Europe in a lot of ways, but it is still one country. And when you look at your customer groupings by SEC, by caste, by disparity in income, by demographic, by language, there are pockets of customers and there are, and there are many Indians. India three feeds of India two, India two feeds of India one. Everybody is running after this one homogeneous customer base and that's why you tend to overspend and do stupid things. And we've never believed in that. And we always knew that we were in a business which needed data and internet connectivity, it needed a device, it needed a payment mechanism and then on top of that, you have had to have spared time and money to be able to go and yeah. indulge. So why would we run after a guy who is in a tier four town with an income of 2000 rupees? I, I would love to have him on my platform, but I would not be able to make any revenue out of him. So I'm, I'm spending money to acquire him, but I'm not going to be earning ever out of him. My LTV will go for a thousand years for that guy, right? My lifetime value. If you do a CAC over LTV, it won't even add up. But then once you build the critical mass, which we have today, as, as a company and we are loved by a lot of our customers because we built faith and trust we we sell currency when we sell uh, a ticket we are almost like an RBI like we are issuing currency to you once you have a ticket in your hand it's my obligation to honor that and if tomorrow there's a show that cancelled you're up you're upset about something or you want we refund you things we make sure your money is secure you get the entertainment that we promised and therefore, over a period of time, we built our NPS has gone up. We've we've got a lot of faith with our end users, our customers that work with us, and we have a critical mass now to say that hey, listen, can we use this as a flywheel to do other things? Can we increase our funnel? Can we get in new users? Can we cater to new demographic? Can we serve customers whose uh, economic uh, there is economic disparity? and may want to consume some sort of entertainment but may not be able to buy. Uh, and so therefore now we built other things which, which are adjacent to in the entertainment business on Book My Show. And that's we've started sort of focusing on over the last two years. And suddenly you will see over the next few months a few of those launches because I, again, we do it slow but we do it right. I can't launch five businesses in three months and uh, launch 60 countries in two year, in 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 three months as an you know time you know we are struggling with acquisitions and investments in four or five companies and trying to get that culture to fit in and for us to take over those companies and work with those people it takes the mickey out of you so i i every if i see every day one company is buying every fortnight there's a new company that is being acquired i wonder how are you going to even integrate these guys right so if you're just buying traffic, then it's a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. Then though I might as well spend money on SCM and buy traffic. 
I think what what you're mentioning is a very interesting aspect that I heard few weeks ago when I was uh, chatting up with Sridhar Vembu of Zoho. Right. And he talked about why he loves uh, speed breakers. Uh, you know, he loved speed breakers on his journey, and and this doing it slow is, is the slowness because <laughs> that that that's what he was talking about. So you also seem to be like like taking time. You're you're not really uh, distracted by uh, so-called competition or market forces or anything else. See, sometimes you need to be nimble, quick, fast, reactive. I don't I don't disagree, but the fact is, if you're on a trek and there aren't any resources and you need to quickly eat a meal to be on your way you can make instant noodles no problem for that time of the day for that period instant noodles while climbing in the hills is most important but if you have the luxury to do the right thing to do it right then you need to cook that slow cooked biryani overnight on a coal fire right to get the best bloody biryani on earth then instant noodles won't do it for you <laughs> right so there's a different place and time for sure. and different environments for different reasons and therefore we still call ourselves a startup we hope to be nimble um we create an environment and culture of people um uh, that can be mercenary in a lot of ways when they do certain things but there's also the objectives and goals that we've set within the company far exceed personal goals or just revenue goals or valuation goals those are the last goals that we sort of follow at least in valuation terms short profitability revenue are you making money on everything you're not blowing up money on stupid things uh, are extremely important but at the end of the day what is it that gets you closer to the customer what is it that the value that you deliver to the customer and any action that you take is it adding value to the life of that customer and if it's not then you shouldn't be doing it or that person is then not required to be doing that job uh, ashish uh, generations of indian entrepreneurs uh, have been trying to sell to this indian online consumer uh, since you have been dealing with uh, this since 1999 who is this quintessential indian online buyer is he or she the same person that goes online to do a, do an e-commerce transaction or is he or she the same person who consumes digital content in different forms what is this pool like can you can you yeah. you know bust some myths here see first of all there are 1.2 billion indians which have about 8 900 million handsets with about 400 these numbers could have changed but 400 to 500 million smartphones and about 350 to 400 million data connections with the incumbent new uh uh you know a new platform and telecom player uh, that th- those numbers are rapidly changing and dramatically as the price of uh, connectivity has fallen and the speeds have improved you'll see a big disruption and you're seeing that with uh, mergers and acquisitions happening new phones being launched deposit only uh, uh, free for a long time so i think there's been some serious disruption i believe youtube's um, uh, usage has gone up by 5 or 6x over the last uh, you know maybe 8 months to 12 months so there's some serious disruption but having said that the e-commerce customer in india primarily has been your urban customer your sec a and b your urban customer top 10 cities uh, 15 cities at best and it's really been your 32 plus customer segment and as cash on delivery was offered that segment changed slightly from sec a and to b maybe even c and from your top 15 cities to maybe the next 40 or 50 which is your uh, million plus population next 50, the 54 or 56 cities where the pop strat has more than a million plus it changed to that in as far as bookmy show is concerned we are present in more than 620 cities and towns in india uh but you may still be present but that's really not your customer today i would like that to be my tg so there's a big difference between who your customer or user is today and what your tg is so your tg is who you want to go after your user or customer is who is your customer today so for us to widen the funnel really our focus the way we've divided it is to say that there is a 24 to 32 customer base out there there is a 18 to 24 and then there is a 12 to 18 and so what are the kind of goods and services and products or content that you would like to cater to for the 18 to 
uh, the 24 to 32 and who are you catering to from a uh, what do you want to cater from somebody who's from 18 to 24 and then within that is it language based so what is your regional strategy is it uh, what's your socio-economic demographic what are you catering to only the SECA or B or C and then there's a geographical spread so there are these intersections of segmentation that are very important for you to get to Unlike any other country where everybody speaks in Chinese or everybody speaks in English, right? And or everybody, people may speak a different language in Europe, but the general, there isn't that much inequality of uh, wealth. The distribution is fairly even. In India, the economic disparity is so much that you may carry the, a cell phone and so do I, and so does your maid or your driver. But what that cell phone means to them is very different what the cell phone means to you. So they may be buying the same product, but that is their economic gateway because he can get business by driving a, a, a car like an Uber or an Ola, or he could be using that to land himself a job. He gets called for overtime and that is his life. He'll watch a movie on that. That's his only gateway. He may not go to the movies, but on a Sunday, with his family watch a movie on that by sideloading content and that is his life that's the center of his universe the phone for us is a tool yeah. uh, you may have a 4k tv at home you have netflix you may have um, uh, amazon you may have apple tv so anywhere else in the world roti kapra makan is pretty much taken care of he doesn't have money to eat He's struggling with paying rent. He's struggling with medical care. He's struggling to send his kids to school. But he may still have a smartphone. But that's very different uh, rationale and reason why he has it. So it's very important to understand that nuance of that Indian consumer. And who and what do you mean to him in his life? And only then can you make a difference. And unless you cannot make a difference and add value to his life, you have no reason to be in business. If it's only for profits, then there's no benefit what does it take to win uh, this Indian online consumer? I'm also asking that question because it's, I mean, everybody from Facebook to Google to Amazon to Netflix, I mean, everybody is after this so-called Indian internet. And like you rightly said, it, it's not really a, you know, a homogeneous kind of crowd. But in your learnings, what, how can you win this? See, first of all, the, they need to have a data connectivity. There's no data connection itself. That in itself, if you don't have the roads, what are you going to drive? Right? So I think the Japs took a very long-term view of, if you look at Indonesia, it's such a wide country. Yeah. Actually, railroads would have been the most sensible thing to do in that country. Japs invested in that country, building roads and giving soft loans at maybe next to 0% interest. Because they knew 25 years down the line, they had the vision to know that if road build, then the car Today, 70% of all cars that drive on Indonesian roads are Japanese cars. And 60 or 70% market share out of those 70% Japanese cars is Toyota. So they have the foresight and the vision to say, yaar, pehle road build karenge, to gaadi chalegi na. Agar hum road nahi build karte, or rails ban jate, ya to fir, uh, air, air strips ban jate, people would be taking uh, flights. So, I think that sort of vision and long-term view is lacking from a lot of people. So the, the point is, that the first thing is that is everybody on is connected does everybody have a device that's your first starting point then it has to be a stable and a very cheap low price point connectivity that problem is getting solved and we are seeing that every day you're reading about it every day once that gets solved you'll have to figure out what is it that the Indian consumer is actually doing today everybody talks about Facebook and they talk about WhatsApp if you look at urban India, there's a big phenomena. The big phenomena is that kids below the age of 18 actually don't like what, uh, Facebook. They're not on Facebook because their uncles, aunts and cousins and uh, fathers and mothers are on Facebook. So they want to stay away from Facebook because they don't want their lives exposed to them, right? Or they're putting very basic and clean stuff. Everybody's on Snapchat. They're on Instagram. Instagram is where they really sort of communicate. Uh, and the ones below 15 in urban India are completely off even WhatsApp. The only way they communicate is uh, on other 
mediums of communication. They, they don't even communicate on WhatsApp. So it's this deep understanding of who this Indian consumer is. What are they going to consume? So for example, as far as Book My Show is concerned, I can use our own sure. analogy that we have something called Planet, where you make a plan for a movie. And it's a chat uh, service within Book My Show. Mm -hmm. And four friends can go together. I can make a plan, share the screen. Everybody communicates with each other on chat. Mm -hmm. They're not calling each other. They're, they're chatting on the platform. And then they all go to the movies together, decide to meet at a meeting point, which is also built into the chat platform. And they all split payments. So all the money goes into each one's wallet. They all split the payments. Uh, they all go to the movies together. And then they 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 come back as a, as a group. So it's really about building a social layer. And for people to use their native way of communicating today. So when you make a plan today, everybody at least in our, our age creates a WhatsApp group. Dinner at home on so and so day. And then it, the life of that chat is till the dinner happens, then everybody says, thank you, thank you, thank you, and starts exit, exiting the group, right? So it's a behavior. Uh, so it's catching these trends and behavioral points. So I think the Indian e-commerce customer, as you said, is, is very different in urban markets, is very different in, in, uh, in uh, tier two markets. And we did a small uh, study um, in rural markets to see how and what do they consume. And we found some incredible uh, insights that the mobile phone, the TV, and the temple, which is the Gharka Mandir, are the three most important things that are in a household. Mm -hmm. So the temple, the mobile phone, and the TV are always at the center of the living room. These kids are wearing soccer clothes and all of that, and they're buying from online uh, uh, platforms, and they're paying on cash but they have these delivery centers where these goods and goods are getting delivered to a delivery center which could be about 10 to 20 kilometers away from your village or your home and they go on a bike and they collect all of that and come so we were trying to figure out what is what are their viewing habits uh, do they like soccer one interesting insight we found was that there's a massive following in this country for wrestling it surprised us uh, and outside of cricket in a lot of markets, wrestling was the number two most sort of followed uh, wow. sport, which I mean wow. doesn't even exist here. Yeah. Right? So, so that I India is a complicated country, but it also makes it that much more fascinating uh, for you to pursue these customer segments and offer products, services, goods to be able to cater to their needs and demands, not just the product that you have built. If you stick to that, hey, listen, this is what I built, this is what I'm gonna stick with, uh, you won't hit that scale. Uh, the other insight I wanted from you, Ashish, is a lot of entrepreneurs are now looking at the intersection of tech and internet with entertainment and thinking of new ideas or build new businesses. The death of screen, of the screen, has long been talked about. And then this, these new disruptors from Amazon to Netflix and all that. In, in your view, from what you are seeing, is the death of the screen exaggerated or what is really the future? I think it is exaggerated because, but look, I'm not a soothsayer of fortune teller and, and things may change. Also, like you are a player, so, so not just because also, of that. But so putting that disclaimer, yes, I have an interest in that. But look, again, go back to first principles of uh, human beings. I'm saying forget business. Just first principles. We are a hot country. 11 months of the year, the temperatures are pretty harsh mm. for you to be outside. And therefore, even today, while you and I are sitting and talking, we are sitting in an air-conditioned cabin inside. If this was anywhere else, we would be sitting outside. There would be no noise on the streets. There's no honking. There's no screaming. It won't be as hot as it is. India has the maximum amount of sunshine with the highest vitamin D deficient nation in the world. Why are we vitamin D deficient? With so much sunshine. Because nobody goes out. We have an obsession with being fair. Wanted a fair girl educated. Fair boy. Yeah. You know, we have an obsession. We're the most racist. We like fair people. Yeah. And therefore, with this obsession, you see people riding bikes, they are covered, you know, completely from head to toe. You can only see the eyes even, they're wearing gloves and riding bikes. 
and therefore movies offers the cheapest form of indoor air conditioned entertainment anywhere in the world if you go to udp restaurants in india if you go to south india you come to bombay to an udp restaurant you will realize there are hardly any windows because you are saving on electricity cost on air conditioning right so we like to be indoors look at the middle east everybody shopping in malls your entire activity or time pass or going on a ski lift or in an aquarium is all in a mall if you go to dubai or abu dhabi they were not born with genes of shopping suddenly you know they were not born and said hey listen i'm a shopper the reason is they are indoors is because it's 45 degrees outside there's nothing else to do and so again with india movies is one social activity that you can do at scale at a very reasonable price and that is why it will always at least for the long term future stay and stick because it's a it's a social activity which you do together if you go anywhere else in the world people sports takes up 53% of the economic value of entertainment in india 76% of the economic value comes from movies or a derivative of that a big difference and and therefore if you look at how films were marketed at cinemas in the past they used to be called air conditioned cinema dts or air cooled cinemas yes. so the selling point of the usp was that it is air conditioned or air cooled so you can come and enjoy in comfort the air conditioning and by the by hey listen you're also watching right so that is one sort of first principle or thought process that i have the other one the other one is that if you look at these uh, one of these paid subscription services i think the big difference is that in the us the average price point of cable tv combined with your internet connection at home to an average american household is about 8100 bucks dollars per month and so at 8 to 10 dollars price point 50% of american households actually don't subscribe to cable but subscribe to this service 50% of american households because this is the only window to entertainment at 8 to 10 dollars price point it's not that bad it's 10% of a cable bill in india your cable bill is 250 rupya so 10% of that is 25 rupya 25 rupya mein aap kya doge and on top of that the latest telecom player is giving your internet connectivity at 153 rupees and your all your cable tv and all of that comes free in that to kya disrupt karoge how will you be able to disrupt any other business if your business itself will not be able to hit scale so unless somebody figures this out that i have to be at 10% chalo 20% of the cable price even then it is 50 bucks yeah even then it is 50 rupees to 650 500 800 rupya to ab chhod do and that you will hit some nice numbers which probably make you happy and put a flag in another country but it's not going to radically transform entertainment to say that 50% of this nation lens of entertainment will only come through this platform monio final two three questions ashish um one of the things i noticed is uh, i i was thinking about the parallels between deep karla of make my trip and and then yoj he's a good he, friend he he started in 2000 you started in 99 no he also started in 1999 at the same time yeah okay uh he built this online travel business since then to now you know to public and, and all that and of course now uh, when i meet him i always ask his this question about so what do you make of the disruption what do you make of newcomers uh, you know are you an incumbent now are you a legacy player now uh, because there are always new new ones coming up in 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 those sectors same applies to you as well how do you look at uh, competition have you it will be two decades soon for you yeah. as well right so we've been around for 18 years look when i founded bookmyshow in 99 uh, along with two friends we had about uh 15 competitors not very many people know mm-hmm. and then you know by 2002 when the dot com crash 2001 2002 happened in india all of them died and then again in 2000 um seven when the markets turned we had a few competitors by 2008 a couple more died when the lehman crisis happened and then again when this whole gold rush which is the internet boom this artificial boom of crazy amount of investing and few ideas and people were going cuckoo in 2000 uh, you know 
12, 13, 14. Uh, again, we had some crazy number of uh, in uh, you know companies. So we acquired a few. We did a slum sale. We invested, uh, and few sort of shut down. And there are a few which are surviving. Some really large, horizontals. Some uh, which are focused and are raising capital. But look, it's important to know who your competitor is. But life's long. You you cannot have a competitor obsessive strategy. A lot of companies, and I have been to some of my competitors or quasi-competitors of people who wanted to get into our space. They put up these grand posters in their office, kill competition, or they'll put your brand name and cancel it out, and one dead next to go, or we will reach this, we will be an XYZ killer. If that is the culture that you're building at the leadership founding level, we've seen what has happened recently to certain phenomenal founders internationally, they've been ousted. Yeah, this doesn't last. You have to generally be a good person. You have to do the right thing. You have to have your wits about yourself. And then if you have these qualities, competition is important. There's no question about it. But the fact is, what are you doing to innovate? What are you doing to grow your business? What is your next move for your customer? How are you adding more value to your user or your customer? Are you being able to deliver value in his life? The day you do, you will be you'll excel in what you do. The day you don't, you'll become, you'll become irrelevant. But the fact is, if you just follow your competition, then either he's going to outbid you or you're going to be outbid him. Both are going to be bereft of ideas because everybody can raise capital at scale very easily and you can kill each other with capital. At the end of the day, you're not going to build any lifetime value for the customer. You're just bribing customers to get you. If you have if I'm handing over 2020 yes. rupees bills. Yes. So why I need to start an internet company, hire people, make myself look good as a founder, and then give 150 rupee discounts. If I give 150 rupee discount, 40 kilometer ki line lag jayegi. I mean, it's stupid, man. I think it's just absolutely bizarre. That's exactly what's going on. I'm handing a $100 bill, 100 rupee bill, to a guy, and saying, you are now my customer. Apna email ID, mobile number, de do, you're my customer. It's called customer acquisition. How often is he coming back? What do you get? And then people are saying, this is land grab. Let's acquire the customer. Fir na, how we'll make money out of this customer. Can you please put down what is the light at the end of the tunnel? When are you going to make money? Who's asking the hard questions? Right now, it's all about land grab. It's, it's, it's stupidity. But let it continue. Everybody will come to their senses. For every new hero that is born in the pink papers of the paper, there are at least another 10 or 20 that die. But those don't get yeah. spoken about. Every new restaurant that gets launched, there are nine that shut down, but nobody knows when they shut down. Well, quietly one day signboard lag jata hai, but the day they launch, there's a lot of PR activity and celebrities go there, right? <laughs> Same thing over here, business man. <laughs> so you have to just stay calm and focus obsessively on your customer and your users. And if you do that and you continue to add value in their life, they will keep coming back. So there are these, like, Paytm, of course, is clearly the one who are trying to become, uh, who have battlefronts across different verticals. Includes travel uh, for make my trip, includes ticketing for, you know, uh, book my show and so on. What do you make of those platform play? And, and I'm asking that question because does it kind of question the whole uh, niche? Uh, I mean, is that niche versus big platform uh, kind of a battle or what is it? See, platforms are being compared purely because they came out of another geography. Please understand in that geography, everything was controlled. There is no YouTube, there is no Facebook, there is no Uber, there is no uh, Gmail, there is no WhatsApp. You're talking China. Yeah, you control everything, you block everything out, then your investment comes from quasi-government agencies supported by the government to be able to create a walled garden. So it's in effect a walled garden. And then you hit scale. And then you say my platform works. India is an open market. Everybody is allowed to compete neutrally. <clears throat> Anybody can enter. Everybody can raise capital. You are free to run your business. And there is something to say about what you can and cannot focus on. I think Apple builds the best devices and they have the best experience, user experience, and whether it's camera technology or whether it's their uh, eye 
iTunes, her music. I mean, Apple could have said, listen, I'm going to get into books. But Amazon said, I've gotten into books. So everybody, and then they built a Kindle out of that. So they kept innovating around that and they used that as a flywheel then to launch many other businesses, which use that same uh, beating heart of the company to say, this is what we can scale. So I think that's how India is many, many decades behind, but we will leapfrog and catch up very quickly. And we are in those early stages of what you saw in some of those mature markets. People keep comparing us to China just because our population is the same or we are standing at the borders together. That doesn't mean we are the same. China is very different from India. India is more, it's similar, it's somewhere in between a China and a US. And I think you will have to, different strokes for different folks and you will have to operate very differently in India. So I'm not so sure about this whole horizontal play because it's all gets spoken about. We're going to get into 500 categories and then we'll build a payments business at the back and then we will use this data. The data is so valuable. We'll be able to churn it and make money out of that. I think the government's view in India is to actually make payments digital and get MDRs out to zero. They don't want you to make and skim money off people on payments. That's why UPI was launched, which is a government platform that is not launched anywhere else in the world. It's an open platform, which is which can be taken by me. It can be taken by WhatsApp. It can be taken by Facebook. It can be taken by you. And you can make peer-to-peer payments. So then where is the payments piece, which is there in China? So I'm saying, look, let the cookie crumble over a period of time. I think there is something that speaks of uh, being obsessively focused on what you think you should be doing. Book My Show also has gone horizontal. And while we used to be a ticketing company, we are not. We are more so a digital entertainment play now. We have something on the music side. We have something on the live events piece. We've got the ticketing side of the business for sure. We also have something on the videos. So then we've got the whole um, review and rating section on Book My Show. And then the whole data around your actors, actresses, the long tail of the content. So we also got four or five verticals. And I think over time, it's that same user. It's like, you know, if you were running an FMCG business, can you say ki user X or user X will only use toothpaste, user B will use um, uh, washing soap, user C will use, uh, uh, will use shampoo, but not conditioner. It's the same guy who may have different needs at different points of the day. So to us also, if you are curating your user base and you've got an X user base, are there more things that you can sell and cross sell to that same user? And can you get new users by coming up with product categories which you don't have today in your arsenal and you engage with them and acquire and engage and build recency and frequency to that and then eventually cross sell what your core business today is. And it's all about building that pipeline over a period of time and making a 360 play and entertainment. Now, if that is valuable to users where they think they need to come to you every day and they like what they see, they're seeing value in that, then whether you're niche or you're not, shouldn't really matter. Because if today there's a restaurant called Nobu, he still has a three-day uh, reservation line outside because it's the best restaurant you ever went to. Or that guy in Italy who sells you a, pretz- uh, a pizza or a guy in the US who sells you pretzels and you're still lining up for that. And um, you could say, hey, listen, I should order 500 items on my menu like an UDP restaurant where you can be Chinese, Indian, <coughs> Punjabi, Anything, I mean, anything under the sun, any cuisine will be there. Or you say, listen, I'm going to be obsessive about something that I want to do. So there are two clear strategies. Sure. So you could be an UDP restaurant or you could be the best pizza shop. I mean, it's really up to you. But only time will tell. And and you have to live and die by a user. The two of us are sitting here. The third chair should be the user, yeah. the customer's chair. And if the customer likes this conversation, the customer believes in this conversation, the customer thinks, hey, listen, there is value to what I'm getting. You have no reason to worry. Yeah, I, I, I see that, what you're saying. Final question. There'll be two decades, <laughs> like we were discussing. Uh, I mean, almost. Uh, why are you doing what you, what you are doing? You know, very open question, but very honest one. And why don't you get fatigued? Uh, isn't, it's been too long, isn't it? <laughs> I'm a fun time life, yeah. <laughs> see, if... <clears throat> your Monday mornings are as exciting and energetic as your Friday evenings. 
then you got you're doing something right in life the day that equation changes for one of these two that i start enjoying my friday evenings more than my monday mornings or i enjoy my monday mornings more than my friday evenings then some balance has gone out so balance is very important you're running a marathon not a sprint you can't burden and burn yourself by working 7 days a week even as an entrepreneur i'm very passionate about what i do i'm ex- super excited i love coming into work every day and finding new solutions for users understanding new user insights but i also like my friday evenings i like my drinks i like going out i sail on the weekends i love spending time with the family with friends and on sunday evenings i don't get depressed most people go for sundowners <coughs> on sunday so that they can get drunk because drunk because monday morning d- depresses them i am raring to go on sunday evening because i've got new ideas for monday morning but friday evenings i also want to switch off and i'm like you know where are we going out i usually spend time with my team we go out for drinks uh, saturdays i'm out you know racing i'm spending time with the family so i think that equation and balance is very important also if you ask i think you have to morph personally into newer things that you can contribute to within your business mm-hmm. so if you continue to do the same thing obviously even as employees people will get really fatigued by doing the same thing but you have to get to every person's core so if somebody's core is that he or she is an extremely right brain person who's very creative creative could be in any form it doesn't have to be making a painting or writing music or playing music or composing music or uh, directing a film it could be creative in finding newer solutions for your customers by doing new things within the company by new, doing exciting new bringing up exciting new ideas to life and executing them well everybody has great ideas and then it's about execution so surrounding yourself with the smartest best team who are probably smarter than you and more competent um so for me i think you know a lot has changed there have been phases in my life the phase that i'm going through currently is succession planning how do i not because i want to exit but i'm saying this has been going on for a while how can i make the next set of leaders in the company and what are the things that i can do for them to create the next set of leaders what is it that i can do for our customers that they love and find us even more enduring is there more value that we can add to their lives in some form or function what is the value that i can add to my shareholders apart from just value creation economically certainly with our employees so to give you an example on the internal stuff that we do book my show has been running a medical program we take care of medically outside of a ctc for every single employee in the company including their spouse two children and a set of parents full medical expenses covered wow yeah we also from this year have started pure term life insurance no copay pure life insurance for every single employee now a lot of people wash their hands of housekeeping staff janitors buys maids peons because they are outsourced on somebody else's we don't do that we take ownership for everybody for example uh we run a food program in the company not to retain people so that they don't go out but to offer a balanced meal to the people that cannot afford it in india i realized that some of our staff the reason why they are so slim is not because they are jogging running because they don't have enough nutrition and so we pay a premium most of us in the company and we subsidize each of us subsidizes for a lot of the socio economically challenged the economically challenged folks in our company where they pay only 20 rupees for the same buffet the same meal sit on the same table eat at the same time even before we have no differentiation is the same cafeteria across awesome. all our offices and we eat the same meal sure which is two non veg items a week thrice a week it's full veg but it's got salad dal roti uh, lassi you've got uh, nimbu pani it's a full balanced meal what's important to note is that anything given free in life is not valued so we charge that those people 20 rupees which is the cost of two vada pavs the day vada pav becomes 15 rupees each we'll charge 30 bucks but at 20 rupees they're getting value of a meal which is about 85 bucks or 90 bucks so that's another way of giving back the third thing that we do is that we run a voluntary program within the company where we contribute money voluntarily and there's a committee of 3 which uses that money as they feel fit so three of our office boys are going through night college english medium so we are saying that his kids cannot become an office boy nothing wrong with it there's dignity of labor 
but we are saying can we take them to the next level the next playing field right otherwise they are in a vicious cycle stuck where big expenses like marriage healthcare um uh, marriage healthcare uh, education death it wipes off their entire income or collections or wealth creation and they're always in debt so how do you make them debt free and to make sure that the office boy's child doesn't become an office boy and there is more meaning so can we educate them so there's then two of our staff members there uh, there was water that was leaking into someone's home in in the slum and one of our office boys his uh, roof was leaking so from this fund we funded that program and it was a soft zero interest loan to be paid back in 18 months but when we saw them good on the money for 6 months we wrote off the one one year oh, nice. uh, payment so also uh, you know from a philosophy uh, we have no segregation of toilets mm. uh, there's no executive and regular toilets or our staff doesn't have to go to common toilets on floors outside see there is something that you have to realize that shit smells the same mm. and has no differentiation and most people don't realize that shit is the same mm. so when you open the sewer rich man shit or poor man shit socio economically or caste shit shit is shit true wo same color hai same smell aayega maybe the guy who is rich his crap will smell even worse sure. <laughs> because he's eaten crap <laughs> right so how can you differentiate ghar pe kutta hoga apne quilt pe aur come you know tommy come get into the quilt and you will play with him on your bed but as another human you will not allow them to use the same toilets i am a first generation businessman i built this company myself i cannot sleep at night if i have differentiated toilets so we we teach personal hygiene to every staff member whether it is a janitor maid pipe you whoever or a executive vice president and whether it's with toilet paper whether it's with paper napkins whether it's with wetting that area everybody is taught in a very humane manner sure. but everybody uses the same toilet there is one toilet here in yeah. this office yeah. that we are sitting yeah. everybody uses the same and it's clean it's hygienic sure and finally you know i'm not a very religious person I haven't been to a temple in 30 years, except for, of course, architectural architectural reasons. Mm-hmm. I I don't believe in that. You know, I think you're known by your karma and the deeds that you do. I find it odd that on Mahashivratri there are women pouring one liter of milk on Shiva's ling when there's a child outside who is not got nutrition mm-hmm. and needs food. But under jaake dud doge, but usko nahi doge. This country is mad here. you will feed a cow outside but you will not feed another human being i mean it's bizarre right so my theory in this was that if you look at krishna's discourse to arjuna on the battlefield basically krishna was a cheat he kept the sana he told him karuna's weak spot he actually changed the rules of the game he set the rules and then changed them right to advantage to given advantage to arjuna and so it was the battle of good versus evil and the end was important not the means he all the means were wrong for the right end so i actually have taken a leaf out of the of that so with book a smile which is something i mean incredibly proud of within the company and everybody wholeheartedly supports that um uh, is that we charge 1 rupee per ticket and actually it should be an opt out that it should be an opt in opt in but we've got an opt out it should be an opt in it should be at the choice of the consumer but most indians don't realize that they are not opting out and we collect 11 rupee which runs into some significant contribution that comes in and without knowing for our end users we are building good karma for them we sent a double amputee kit to the pan am games and even the silver medal we support the yuva girls in in jharkhand for soccer in dharavi we have just for kicks we support them we take the janitorial and cleaning staff to watch an IPL or an ISL game because they're only cleaning toilets but they never end to end end up seeing the game we take kids from municipal schools and run art programs uh, we have uh, under book a smile we uh, run music programs uh, we take <coughs> kids from underprivileged backgrounds to various games uh, recently uh, you know we had that coldplay concert and we had music basti from delhi send us kids which we paid for and took them and put them up on stage we had salman khan without any pr come in for one of his movie launches where these kids were made to watch a movie at pvr 
who supports us in this program. And in the last six months, we've impacted 35,000 lives. And I don't know how many tens of thousands of lives we've impacted since the inception of this program. So for me, really, the kick in life and my creativity and my metrics in life have changed. And so when you speak about fatigue, you have to keep evolving as a person to be able to change that goalpost for yourself. So if my goalpost and my metric are going to be, hey, listen, I need to make so much money, I need to deliver so much profits, and this is the valuation of the company, this value creation that we are doing to employees, to society at large, is far greater than any numeric value that you can give in a pink paper to an investor. So I think my goalposts have changed. The objectives and the goals of the company and most people in the company buy into this because they recognize what we are doing or what we are about. And therefore, the obsession with competition all completely eradicates. It changes. We are, you know, we're doing something and nature will protect us. Nature will protect us with the karma that we're building. Whatever gets thrown at us, there will be a protection layer around us. Before I sign off, uh, you come across clearly as someone very inspired and full of energy. And the kind of stuff that you keep yourself busy, you know, kind of settle the fatigue question very well. Uh, but entrepreneurship is also about uh, gloom uh, at, at different points in time. Are there moments of failure? Uh, have there been, and, and how, how, how do you, what is that side of entrepreneurship? So I have two things to talk to you about that. I don't look at it as failure, I look at it as learnings. Because if your quality of input is high and you studied well for your math paper and you still fail, you tried, but failure it's in that was a learning so you tried you couldn't do it but that doesn't didn't, didn't mean that you failed yeah. you learned something from it so when the dot-com bust happened in 2002 which it does I went from 150 people down to six including an office boy called Bajram and I had to look at 144 people in the eye at a park near Shivaji Park because I didn't have the money to take them to uh, a conference room and I had sold them a dream to follow me as an entrepreneur. They had left jobs and come to me. And now, two years down the line, I was looking them in the eye and saying, look, the dream is over. And I can't afford to pay you. But then I fought for them to get a severance package, which helped me in good stead today because few of those folks today work for us back again. And a large number of them are placed in various entertainment businesses, which give business back to us. So it was a good karma. So I think there's a learning in everything. It does That doesn't mean that I've not had... Uh, we haven't tripped or speed breakers or fallen, but that doesn't mean we failed. We've learned something. And if you don't learn from failures, then or, or those where you trip or fall, then you're stupid. In terms of the gloom and how do I look at life? Look, the pessimist will say a glass is half empty. And an optimist will say a glass is half full. As an entrepreneur, I don't have an option to say it's half empty or half full. I look at that half empty section and I said, there is enough space for scotch. So I add scotch to that half empty. Now only two things will happen. Either you'll enjoy the best goddamn drink of your life and have a great time, or you'll be too drunk to care. That's what is entrepreneurship. <laughs> so well put, Ashish. Very <laughs> in your trademark style. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you, Likewise. Ashish. Likewise. Yeah, Godspeed. Thank you. Thank you.